Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. This is the Shine Your Light podcast. This is episode number four. We are here with Pastor Scott Fussnecker. I am Brian Suman, and we've got Kyle Sig Sigmund with us today. What's up, Kyle? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Awesome, awesome. So um, this podcast is about shining your light, encouraging others um, around you, um, wherever you go and day-to-day in, in life. And uh, we're super pumped today to uh, you know hear Kyle's story. But before we kind of get on to what Kyle's up to and, and how you shine your light, you know, uh, Pastor Scott, um, what's been going on with the church in this past week? Uh, church has been going great. Um, so we had a we had one of our members who called me on his way to the emergency room mm-hmm. and uh, was pretty bleak um, diagnosis, or uh, he thought he was going to have to be airlifted to a local medical center to have uh, some pretty extensive surgery done. Wow. Uh, we showed up on the scene and uh, we joined hands. We agreed together and, and believed that God was going to perform a, a miracle and a healing. And uh, it wasn't within but about five minutes, uh, nurses came in and, you know, kind of put a halt to everything. I mean, they were moving and grooving. Mm-hmm. The, the whole trauma center was was getting ready to fly him out and uh, said, there's been a change in the diagnosis. It doesn't look like uh, what's going on is, is what we thought. Sure. And uh, it's just been a really great week to celebrate uh, a God that still does miracles. So, Amen. I mean, that's really the biggest deal about what happened this week um, outside of just having really great church services and, and hearing about families, you know, serving God and lives being changed. I just wanted to kind of kind of put a plug in that uh, God still does miracles, man. We, we saw one this week. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. What about you, Kyle? My week's going well. Uh, me and my wife are currently in the house search right now, so yeah. it's been a little exciting. Um, we had our first showing, I believe, Wednesday night. Someone yeah. came through and said they already want to make a list price offer. So <laughs> when the first wow. person comes through, it's nice. always a good sign. Yes, so, yeah. you know, God's good, man. He's blessing us as a couple, and we're growing, and this week at school, you know, it's been great. Any week you get a snow day, that's always a good week. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's always good. So now you're you live in the Trenton. You do live in Trenton. Yes, yes. I yeah. live in Trenton. I live on a Hathaway Drive, right okay. there behind Speedway. All right. So, yep. Uh, planning to stay in Trenton. Possibly. Okay. I mean, we're we're kind of. Uh, she works down towards Cincinnati, so we're kind of maybe thinking about getting a little closer for her. Sure, so. sure. Now, how long you been in the school system? Uh, this is my sixth year overall in education and my fifth year at Edgewood. Okay. All right. Where'd you start? I started out uh, my first year at Goshen Local Schools down on the yeah. east side of Cincinnati. Wow. Uh, I was a seventh and eighth grade social studies teacher. And then my second year, I got a call from Edgewood saying, we got an opening. Do you want it? So I came back in, interviewed at Edgewood yeah. and uh, got the position and came over to fifth grade, which was a little bit different from seventh and eighth. But, right. you know, it helped me be uh, just have a wide variety of a toolkit that's helping me as I move into the assistant principal role this sure, year with all sure. the different experiences. Yeah. Now, did you drive from Trenton to Goshen every day? No, I actually got an apartment down in Goshen. That's okay. actually part of my story when we get all to right, that part. Sure. But I dr- went, got an apartment down in Goshen, and I actually coached baseball at Edgewood that year and would drive back from Milford, Ohio, and coach baseball at Edgewood and then drive back every night. So oh, it was wow. a little wild. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> he found out quickly that fifth graders uh, respond greatly to push-ups <laughs> in front of the class. When it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, so anything to get the kids to perform. I, I, I've heard plenty of stories. Yeah. So I know it might, it'll probably come up in this, in Kyle's story, but, Scott, how what's, what's your guys' background? Uh, so really, I guess, outside of education first, um, 
I, I met Kyle through actually Jared and Lindsay. Okay. And uh, the first time I ever seen Kyle, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, he was preaching. Kyle, you might have had a leather jacket on this night. I did. I can't remember. Did I you? Did have yeah. a le- I did have a. I had a black <laughs> yeah. leather jacket on. He had a black leather jacket on, doing its thing. <laughs> yeah. It was a youth revival, right? What's yeah. that called? It was uh, called Raw. Yeah, Raw. Raw they still do that, don't yeah. they? Yeah. 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 Over at Calvary Christian Center, he did a phenomenal job. I think you were probably what, maybe twenty at the time, or twenty one, or twenty one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I thought, wow, did, did a really nice job. So that's yeah. the first time I met him, and then uh, got to know him a little bit better through church and various activities. He's he's helped us out with ministry here a few times. Great. But um, I've really gotten to know him professionally at work. Um, you call it professionally, but he's a friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. That I believe in. So um, he, he's just, he's a phenomenal guy that I believe in. And just, I've, I've seen him, I've really seen him grind away at becoming better at what he does. Super. I mean, he's a phenomenal yeah. person, but he does a great job too yeah. at school. Great, great. And we have to, we have to note, you said it in the Facebook live. You got raw, you got the leather jacket, you got to talk about the mohawk, even though we can't see it. But <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, like, cool. I don't even know if this is a straight up mohawk or not. It's like in right. between, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's, it's worthy cool. of the rock. The kids yeah. love it. Yeah, I mean, he gets fist bumps all the sure. time at school. The kids love it. Uh, I, I think it's one of the things I've appreciated most. I don't know if it's... Uh, uh, my background, I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up in a really, really diverse school right. system. I went yeah. to Princeton High School, and there was nothing that would ever surprise us. It's like well, sure. the more crazy you would try something, the more we appreciated yeah. it. So, like, I don't even second-guess it, but I, I, it's it's part of what – it's just a cool thing. Now, he yeah. might have it some other style next week, but sure. I was like, dang, Kyle's rolling with a mohawk. That's awesome. So. Yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> you know, you got to do whatever it takes to get the kids excited. Right. Yeah, right. I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's sweet, sweet. All right, Kyle. Well, I think you're you're up you're up in center. Um, so you know, tell us how you know how do you shine your light? You know, and what what does that mean to you? And how do you try to encourage not only you know within your home and your marriage, but primarily spend many hours you know, at school? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when I started my journey back at Miami University, I was kind of thinking. You know, what do I want to do? Who do I want to be? Mm-hmm. Who do I want to become? I always, you know, I grew up in church, um, had a great upbringing with my parents and just a great church that influenced me to be who I was for Christ. And I started thinking, you know, what's a way that I can impact and, and change people's lives? And I, I thought, you know, being a school teacher was something where I would have a direct influence on hundreds of kids every single day. Yes. So I started going through that process um, Actually, my first year at Miami Hamilton, I was a uh, pitcher on their baseball team. And I was pitching there. I got through the fall season. I actually did really well. I I was doing really good. You know, the last game I ever pitched there was a nine-inning shutout in the fall ball World Series we had. And I thought, you know, this is the path that I'm going to take, and I'm going to play ball through college. Well, then that freshman year in the spring, we got back to start spring ball. We started. Um, I got news that my dad – um, lost his job right then, and I was thinking, man, God, how are you going to, you know, use this for your glory, mm-hmm. all those things, you know, those questions that go through your mind sure. sometimes when difficult seasons happen, and I'm like, what am I going to do? So then, actually, I ended up leaving the baseball team at that point, not playing, um, deciding to go a different path to help my family out at that time. I knew that season of my life was closing, even though I loved it, and kind of started on this journey that's kind of the beginning of the past I would say yeah right there was that point um 
I actually, after right after, very close to after that, I became a youth pastor, and I started uh, working in the church, doing things like that. Um, had you know a great season of ministry there at Calvary. Um, I was I was a fairly young youth pastor when it happened, and I was doing some great things there. You know, pastors Jim and Diane over there are amazing people, and they taught me so many things about the gospel. Um, kind of had some difficult uh, seasons happen in my own personal walk with God. Mm-hmm. Um, as I came to the end of that, I, I got to the time of my, basically the ending of my ministry there. That season was ending. Um, I didn't know what was going to happen from that point. I uh, ended up getting a job when I graduated Miami down at Goshen, like we mm-hmm. talked about, Goshen Local Schools. And, you know, I, I was going through a difficult time. My, my family personally had gone through some tough things. And I decided I needed to move away from Mm -hmm. everything I ever knew. So I packed up, and it it was odd for me because I'd always been in Trenton, always been, you know, around here. I packed up. I got an apartment, went down to Milford, got an apartment down there, and uh, spent a year of my life um, down there uh, teaching. And I kind of – I like to say that was the time that I really grew up as a to become an adult, so to speak, because I was living on my own, doing all these things that I'd never – had to do before. And uh, I kind of grew up a lot there. Um, but it also was a difficult season in my life because I, I began making some choices that as a Christian man probably wasn't, you know, the best decision yeah. for me. Um, you know, I, I had done some things that I'm not proud of in my past, made some tough decisions that I now look back on. And I, I thank God for his grace that it didn't uh, end up with more consequences than it did. Um, so after you know, that whole season kind of happened. I kind of had this this moment where I realized, hey, if I keep going down this path, I'm not going to be who God created me to be. Right. And I'm not going to be able to shine my light, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So after this whole season happened, I remember I was like 26, 27 years old. And I, I, I remember I met my, my wife now. And I remember telling her one night, I'm like, you know what? If I don't get married by 30, I'm not even going to try this stuff anymore. <laughs> and I'm just done. She's like, you're, you're, you're ridiculous. You know that, right? Right. She's like, who are you to tell God, you know, how he's going to operate in your life and all this stuff. And that was the beginning of the moment that I knew I wanted to marry that girl because I knew she was going to challenge me and not Mm -hmm. just allow me to stay in my ways. Um, but then, you know, I started on this journey with education through all that time. You know, I had great friends, uh, Jake White, Jared's brother, um, my best friend, he encouraged me through that whole season of my life and was there for me. And that's the one thing that I'll say is when you have people that truly believe in you and pour into you and do these things, it can help keep you on the straight and narrow even when you're trying Absolutely. to go down the wrong yeah. path. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Scott here was huge as I got into education at Edgewood. We started sparking a relationship. When he came to Edgewood, we started talking, you know, and I started talking to him about, like, you know, I had aspirations to move move up in the, in the education mm-hmm. field and just started picking his brain and, and doing some things like that. And the next thing I knew, I started taking on leadership roles at Edgewood. Um, and then, you know, this past, this past spring, I had the opportunity to interview for the assistant principal job that came open there. Uh, had the opportunity to take that. And now, you know, I'm getting just much more of a chance to begin to uh, use, you know, my leadership skills to impact not only, you know, a classroom on a daily mm-hmm. basis, but to impact um, kids in the whole school-wide level, sure, and that's sure. huge. Yeah. Um, I think when it comes down to how I try to shine my light every day, you know, I try to, every decision that I make, I try to ask myself, is this honoring and glorifying God, or am I ultimately 
trying to do things my own way. Right. And if I'm trying to do things my own way that I think may not glorify him, then I try to, you know, just take that step back, redirect and look at what God might be calling me to do that can glorify him in it. Because, you know, I think my favorite Bible verse ultimately that I try to live my life by comes down to this. It's Romans 5.8. But God demonstrated his love for me in this. While yet I was still a sinner, mm-hmm. Christ died for me. Yeah. And when I try to live my life from that position with, with everything that I'm doing in the school every single day, I think that helps me to make decisions that influence people. Sure. Um, yeah. I just try to show people that I love them, that I care about them, and that, you know, I, I want the best for, for the kids and, and for the teachers in the building. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, one cool thing that's going on right now with us shining our light comes down to uh, me and some guys, we call ourselves the Wolf Pack. Okay. We call ourselves the Wolf Pack wow. in the building. So we went we, from raw to the Wolf Pack. <laughs> I told somebody the other day, I said, hey, man, I got to go. I got to go see the Wolf Pack real quick. They're like, what is this? Yeah. This is a group of dudes down on one end of the building. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. all of us dudes, you know, we, we've kind of always been friends for the past few years. And then this year, you know, we've really started sparking an interest with, like, sharing our faith with each other. Because, yeah. you know, there, there's days. He brought up Wolfpack. I'm still just tripping on it. So it's official now. I went to see these guys. We call ourselves the Wolfpack. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we've started doing a Bible study now every mm-hmm. Thursday morning. And it's just really encouraging when you can come together with people of like faith and know that you have each other's Absolutely. backs. Because, yeah. you know, I make mistakes every single day, and I, and I know that. And there's, there's as, to, as a just a group of friends we can come together and share those weaknesses mm-hmm. like it talks about in the bible sure. and we, you know we find strength in that actually mm-hmm. just like paul talks about in corinthians when yeah. he says you know this weakness is actually strength for me because mm-hmm. it lets me know that i have to rely on right, god right so let me interject here why wolf pack why wolf pack? what's the background wolf you know, I think it just comes down to wolves are fierce, and us as guys, we feel like we have to stand up and be fierce sometimes. If you watch these day. guys in the school, you have to just laugh at that because they play the role phenomenally. So wolves are fierce. So I'm thinking of Evan Daniel, right? <laughs> Evan's one of the guy that played the keyboard for yeah, our Chris. Yeah, yeah he's, awesome. he's, he's in the awesome. wolf pack, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. So, you know, just we try to really – try to just impact and touch kids' lives every day. Right. I want every kid that walks through the through the door at Edgewood City Schools to know that they're loved, they're cared for, mm-hmm. and that somebody is believing in them that sure. they're going to succeed in life. Yeah. And I think there's there's no better way to shine your light than to make a kid who comes in from difficult situations feel the love of Christ through how you interact with them on a daily basis. Right, yeah. So those actions, because I know Scott's going to plug Joyce Myers. Oh, yeah, quote. always do. Yeah. Uh, Preach the gospel every day and use words when necessary. necessary. I've been living by that for a couple years now. I heard it just stuck. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So your goal, I mean, um, is to be a building principal, correct? Yeah, that would be be my goal eventually would be to be a building principal and, uh, you know, continue to use that influence in an even greater way. Um, I'm learning a lot of great skills this year as an assistant. You know, there's a lot of things that I stepped into that I didn't know I'd be dealing with. Sure on a daily basis. And, you know, I think what's super important that I've learned is to find strong mentors that can help you through seasons. Um, Pastor Scott here helps me in certain situations. I'm like, what should I do? I don't, I don't know how I should handle this. You know, when you go to somebody who has been through what you're currently going through, it can help you. Um, I think he's always got a good idea. Like he could probably do it on his own. Mm -hmm. And then it's, it's, it's just a little bit of confirmation that you're on the right track. Like, a good leader has to be first a good follower, right. and although he could 
probably step out and do some of these things, he realizes uh, the process and he appreciates the process. And that's also one of the outside of the fact that you've already noticed he's a good communicator. Yes. He has no trouble communicating and he's, he's also, um, he's not afraid to take uh, coaching and, and, and be led in order to learn. And just, even if he thinks he knows what to do, he wants confirmation that, Hey man, am I on the right track? And that's out of someone who, who is trying to grow in an organization, you'd rather them do that than, maybe go out here and make some mistake. Not that mistakes aren't allowed, but sure. it's always just kind of a checkpoint. So yeah. I've, I've noticed that in yeah. Kyle. Yeah. You know, I think I heard it preached one time by a pastor. Uh, his name's Kemp Holden. He's from Arkansas. He was preaching a message at a church at Calvary back in the day, and he talked about how ex- people always say experience is the best teacher, but he said that's really not the truth. He said other people's experience can mm-hmm. be your best teacher. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how the life of Saul – David was able to learn from the life of Saul and not repeat the same mistakes that sure, Saul made. Right. So sure, sure. He's talking about seasons a lot too. So anyway, that's the that's we just started that sermon series this week. So now I'm getting it from another angle. I've just been all over these seasons lately, and I think a little bit of what Kyle's probably realized, and and I think even from hearing from his story mm-hmm. is, you know, you heard that some seeds were being planted at one point in his life. Yes. Um, Seeds are planted in a certain season. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about farming, but I know you got to plant something to get something. Yes. And uh, then you heard that he went through another season where the manifestation of those seeds weren't anywhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Um, and he reaped the planting of the seeds in another season. And I was doing some studies here in the last couple of weeks um, about sowing and reaping in seasons. And a little quote jumped out. I'm not sure who the preacher was, but a a quote jumped out, and it was basically, I'm paraphrasing, said, you will never usually reap in the same season Season. that you sowed in. Um, You know, and I've seen seen people think, well, if I go to church for two or three weeks, I'm going to reap something. Or if I do this or that, rather than than, than appreciating the season of planting, um, and I think I've, when he was talking about seasons, he's now reaping maybe a harvest that he never thought. He's like, where are these seeds at? Where, where are you at, God? I know that. I know it's here. And, and, and almost threw the towel in, almost tilled the field up yes. and got it ready for the next season. And then, you know, God does what he does. And he sprung up and, you know, he's reaping a harvest for some of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, definitely seasons and the fact that you know, it could be, sometimes it could be years. Oh, man. And that's hard to, in the moment, that's hard to go, I don't want to wait two, three, five years to know what's happening or where I'm at in the journey. But it is mm-hmm. very true that that um, you don't usually, if, if you have the faith, you continue in prayer, and you have patience and just keep taking a step forward. When you have a long, hard season, though, long, man, hard, you know, that, that faith, that faith it, it gets beat up on, and Absolutely. the enemy's in one ear trying to yep. make you believe something that's not true, and you got enough humanity to to start questioning some things, but if you can hold on and keep that faith, you it is absolutely, positively biblical that you will reap what has been sown into your life. Mm-hmm. It's yes. reaping and sowing, and it happens. There's no in-between. You just got to see the season through. Yep. Yeah, yep. definitely. You know, I, I had a story that I shared with our Bible study today. We were kind of talking about different things and, you know, actually reaping and sowing what you get. Mm-hmm. And I told the story, um, this was right in that season of my life when 
I had stopped playing baseball. I was I didn't have a I actually got hired by Baker Concrete to be a college help there. They let me go after three days, and I was like, "What the heck? Like, right. what's what's going on here, God? Like, this doesn't make sense." Well, I remember I was at church, and you know, I'm a college kid. I ain't got much money in my checking account. I think there was like 150 bucks in there, and I was at church, and God said, "Give everything that's in your checking account." And I'm like, "Wow." I'm like. What are you talking about, God? Right. Like, why why should I do this right now? Like, I I'm going to Frisch's after church. Like, right. I every to- <laughs> church person goes to Frisch's. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know, it, it was from a heart of obedience that I ultimately yeah. gave there. And within, I can say, and this this doesn't always happen this way, but within the next month, I had some things happen. I was hired by LCMB National Bank, which was the job that I ended up carrying through all of college after that act of obedience. Um, I ended up getting Pell Grants for my college that ultimately I didn't have to pay back for that semester that paid for the rest of my semester. And my mom, to top it all off, had been owed some money from a family member from like three years ago, and that family member gave that money back to my mom. So it's just, you know, it's very difficult when you're in the moment and that Mm -hmm. humanity side of you, like Pastor Scott said, says, I can't do this because it doesn't make logical sense. But just like Peter, when he first stepped out of the boat, it didn't make logical sense that he was going to walk on water. But those simple acts of faith helps God move the mountains in your life. And that's huge. Yeah. So in the last five years, you probably had many. And I'm sure the wolf pack is one of the (laughs) positive things that's happening. But, you know, share share another one that, um, you know, as you've been shining your light, what's what's a highlight of that in your last five years of teaching? You know, I think it actually came my last year in the classroom. I remember I actually started interviewing for jobs then, and, you know, I was trying to get jobs, and I kept getting told no. I'll I'll tell you, I probably got told no probably eight to ten times before I got the yes, finally, on on moving up. And, and, you know, that can be difficult, too, when you're constantly told, nah, you're not the pick. Nah, you're not our pick. Nah, you're not our pick. And But I remember it was after that first spring when I had tried, which was the spring of last year, um, I started to think, and I was back in the classroom that fall, and I was, I was kind of bummed, and I was kind of like, man, you know, this kind of stinks. I was hoping to, you know, start taking that step forward. Well, lo and behold, there was this young girl that probably had one of the most traumatic experiences I ever heard of in my life. She had lost both of her parents to drugs. Hmm. She had all this stuff, and she came up to me, and she basically said by the end of the year, she said, Mr. Sigmund, you're the best teacher I've ever had. Thanks for giving me the best year. And I think, like, throughout the year, just showing her grace and love and, and just the love of Christ and that somebody believed in her showed me that, like, what we do every day actually does impact people. And people think that many times that you have to have a pulpit and you have to have a microphone in front of people to actually impact and change lives. And that's probably the furthest thing from the truth. Yeah, the yes. number one thing that we do every single day is living our life in front of other people. And I think people get that misconception that if they're not in ministry, they can't do ministry. Sure. And I think we need to recognize that as believers in Christ, our number one job is in whatever we do, do it for the glory of God, like Paul said. If you're, if you're out there being a teacher, be the best teacher you can be to impact kids' lives. If you're out there doing creative ministry, use your creative gifts in order to glorify and exemplify God. If you're a stonemason, go out there and, and be a stonemason right. for God and show people the love of Christ in everything that you do. Yes. Yeah, it'd be sad if the, if the only time I felt like I ministered was for the, gosh, 20 to 30 minutes that I actually get to deliver what, what we call a sermon, I guess, traditionally, I guess... 
as he was thinking, I would even challenge the fact that is that the only way you preach a sermon? Mm-hmm. Right. You, you know what sure. I mean? Like, sure. so, man, I got six more days and 23 and a half hours in the week that I got to live right, right and show people stuff and minister and, and be, you know, I've got, I've got three kids. I've got a wife. I've got a brother, a sister. I've got parents. I've got, I've got church members. I've got people I work with. Like, well, how can I reach them in 30 minutes on a Sunday? That's not going to happen. Um, I just happen to be called to be a pastor at this ministry, and it's it's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm right. following the call of God in my life. But at the end of the day, what Kyle's saying is so true that what I do the other six days, 23 hours, yeah. 23 and a half hours, I'm not going to say it far outweighs because I never question, you know, what God does or whatever. But, man, it's, it's highly important. Yes, it is. Yeah. You, you said calling, and I think sometimes you know, think of the congregation, and I've been there years ago, and you sit there and you go, you, you hear about the calling and what's my purpose in life, and you sit there and you go, well, I don't feel called to be yeah. a pastor. I really I've heard feel a called to be uh, the children's director right. or the worst. You know, I don't play music, and then we get defeated. Right. And, you know, we don't realize, and as Kyle's saying, is just in our, our – our, we are, we're our own personal ministry. Yes, yes. We absolutely are, and there's things that we do that we can use. I mean, if you do embroidery, then – there's just so many things that you can, even just amongst that group, just how you act and how mm-hmm. you influence and share Jesus Christ. And I think sometimes we get kind of caught up on the the bigger stuff what that's almost a mold, yeah. what we think it is. And uh, we have it right there, you know, yeah. just um, same way with me. It took me a while to figure out, and I'm still trying to navigate where God's taken me with the creative, but all I know is God gave me this. I want to, I want to, I want to use it. And, um, you know, I just say, be patient and, and just take the next step yeah. and say, all right, God, I'm going to trust in you. This is where we're going to go. That's the hard yeah. part, trusting yeah. you. That's the hard trusting part. Trusting you, yeah. We want, we want it to make sense. We want to say, okay, of course that makes sense, so I'm going to step in this direction. Oh, sure. And yeah. with God, yeah. I'm not sure it hardly ever works out right, like that. Right. You know no, what I need I mean? to check it off the list every day, you know, sure. just make sure I'm following it. So, <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, Kyle, what about influences? I know Pastor Scott, you've, you've brought him up. and Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll say this, in the education world, um, Pastor Scott's been a huge influence in my life. Yeah. Even before he was at Edgewood, you know, we started chatting and talking and, and kind of he would chat with me about what was going on in Waynesville, things like that when he was over there. And, you know, he just started kind of pouring into my life. And I think what I loved about him is I actually feel aspirations to, to move into formal ministry eventually someday. Wow. And yeah. I think that's why I've, I've kind of gravitated towards him as well because I see him doing kind of this bivocational thing because mm-hmm. I've always been like, well, I kind of had that thought, well, if I, am I going to have to go full-time if I go ministry? And, and it just feel, makes me feel really good to know that I have someone who's kind of doing it and you can kind of learn yeah. from and, and things like that. And I don't know where God's going to take me and my wife together, but, you know, it's great to have an influence like that that you can go just lean on and be like, hey, this is what I'm going through right now. Sure. Can, you, can you be there with me? I yeah. um, also had, I have to say, you know, Pastors Jim and Diane Mullins were huge influences in my life from the time I was a kid. Um, until even now, you know, things that they taught me coming up through Calvary's uh, youth ministry and that it really helped form me into the person that I was today, you know, teaching me to, you know, you, you make your decisions based on what the word says, not based mm-hmm. on what your emotions feel. Right. Um, they've been huge influences. And I think when you really get down into the deep, dark places of life that can come up, you can think back on what you were taught by those main influences in your life, and that can help you 
to gain the strength that you need in order to make wise decisions and not decisions based on how you feel in that season. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so. It's cool. It's yeah. And I know, tell us a little bit about, um, I don't know how long ago that's been through Kyle, but I know, I know you, you went through a season of maybe grief or turmoil with this, with your dad or whatever. Didn't he experience? Yeah. You know, and it really just came down to when he lost his job, he kind of felt like, you know, he, he kind of felt like he was a failure right. and, and we went through tough times but the beautiful thing about God is he uses the broken seasons of your life in order to show his glory, ultimately. And how we choose to go through those seasons and the perspective that we take in those seasons is humongous. And I think yeah. it's, super, you know, it's super difficult when you're there. Um, but when you're on the other side and you can look back, it actually brings you closer together with whoever you go through it with. Um, you know, and it really teaches you to forgive and forget. Mm-hmm. And in those seasons of life, and that's huge. Sure, sure, that's awesome. But you kind of touched on uh, you did mention full time ministry, or and that's the whole the catch. Here. Is it is it bivocational or is it full time? <laughs> and boy, I've read an article for everyone you read that says yeah. you can't do it while you work. There's another another article that'll say, well, you better hope you're working while you try to do this. Yes. Um, it's a it's a it's yeah. there is a ton of. I don't even want to call it research. Maybe it's opinions or whatever, and and it's backed on. It's just when God is in something, so all the rules can be broken. Like, we broke every rule here. When somebody says, well, how many did you start with? Well, I didn't start with anything, man. I started with just God was tugging at my heart. We don't have a mother church, a sister church. We've never been given any money. We we still don't have anybody. We don't. God just started doing stuff like we have broken every single possible rule that church planting says you ought to you ought to be doing we haven't done any of them so um i've just learned even through some of the miracles you know recently with my dad virtually brought back to life with the one i was talking about this week uh, virtually was an immediate change in diagnosis of you're going to be fine go home looks like everything's okay um to just god does what God does, and there's no stopping it. Yes, amen. Um, so, like, that's like, I've talked to Kyle about that before. Like, so a little bit of the validation is, well, of course, yeah, he's he's got the tools. Like, we're not, that's, that's like, to me, that's a given. If you hang around Kyle every day, you're, you could see now that he could, he could touch lives. Right. He, he's a communicator. He's a, he's a born again Christian. He's a believer. He's a person of faith. He's, um, but outside of that, well, then he's just got to listen to God. It's like uh, um, uh, it, it, you just got to listen to God. Like I remember people used to say, well, and I'd be like, well, everybody says they knew where they were supposed to be. They knew where they were supposed to be. Man, I'm not hearing this from God. So now I'm questioning, are, are we supposed to be planting? And, and was this in me? Is this whatever? And then all of a sudden, after four preview services, which you were part of, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I go home, I talk to Jennifer, I'm like, well, it's time now. The preview services are over. Where are we going? We're going to Mason and Westchester, right? Because that's what was in our little business yes, plan, right. right? That's where we're supposed to be. That's where all the traffic is. That's where the traffic counts are. That's where, and then it dawned on me, and, and God spoke it to me. Um, now that I reflect back, knowing how God speaks to a greater degree than maybe I did back then was, these people that have been coming to your preview services, that's your church, man. Yes. Um, and it just, it hit me like, Bam. That's where you're supposed to be. And um, 
Yeah, just speaking of seasons, you know, with the potential of maybe moving facilities and things like that, you know, it's it's another season, and I've been really seeking God and trying to come to grips with the folks that are here and things like that. Um, but but he seems to be – I don't even know how I got off on this tangent. Yeah. It was about full-time and part-time sure. and working. Like, man, there are no rules. Just hear from God, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah, and there's uh, – this is a quote that I've had – I've hung on to for years, and it was in a book called The Calling, kind of going back to – and the, the one statement the author made is – the call, your calling is not something you turn on. It's what you have to turn off. Sure. And when you're called, you can be bivocational. Now, no one, no one can survive working to death, but right. you, you have to turn it off. When, when that calling and that pull is there and, and God is absolutely behind it, you know. You're more miserable when you don't. When you don't. You yep. know. Yep. So... Well, Kyle, anything else you want to touch, just, you know, touch on, um, maybe share you, anything future-wise besides um, building principal, full-time <laughs> ministry, or let's say bivocational. Yeah, I always laugh at full-time, um, you know. The Wolfpack, yeah. you know, the Wolfpack might just <laughs> yeah. grow. We might have merchandise and we could. Uh, wow. yeah, the, yeah, all kinds of it. stuff with that. <laughs> Trust me, they have. I bet. Yeah. I can see it. No, we, uh, <laughs> you know, when it comes to my future, I don't, I don't know. All the next steps. Right. All I know is that God has his hand on my life, and all I can do is trust him. I've had so many great people that influenced me. I couldn't even name all of them sure. in, yeah. the, in the time. Um, but, you know, one person that I've uh, come to highly respect is Chris White, who's Jared's dad. That dude really uh, had just really always mentored me when I was going through tough times. Um, and then my own parents as well. Yeah. You know, they – they really taught me the Bible and taught me to trust and believe in God through everything that you go through. So even though I'm in a kind of a season of I'm, I'm doing things that I want to do and I'm, I'm taking it as a season of everything that I go through in life is ultimately preparing me for that next step that God has for me. And I may not understand why things have gone the way that they've gone, but all I know is that when I look back, I'm not going to be where I currently am. And I'm going to look, and I'm, there's going to be this huge gap between where I am now and where I am then. Right. And that's all I can thats all I can believe in is have the faith that God's taken me where he's taken me. Yeah, yeah, sweet, sweet. Well, i tell you what, I mean, you're you're bright. You're, you're a bright light. I can, you know, just in this little bit of time we've spent with you, you know, um, you can just sense it. You can feel it in the energy and uh, and how you speak, and that's, that's pretty, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty that's amazing. Cool. So, and I sure appreciate you you know, coming out and sharing just even a little nugget of, of your life and your faith. And, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, it's all, very inspiring, very. So uh, anything you want to, you know, close and do a little shout-out there, Pastor Scott? Um, uh, gosh, not really. I mean, always got to give a plug to show up at 1045 on, on Sunday. <laughs> on Sunday. Um, gosh, God's really been, and, and when I say this, I'm, I, I don't want to sound like maybe every other preacher or pastor you, you've, you, you've maybe heard, but God is truly, truly, truly uh, changing people's lives. We, we have a, a saying around here that we're changing, changing the way people think about church. And um, we tell people all the time, well, how, how is that? Well, here, we don't just say that we're not going to judge you. We don't judge you. We don't just say that um, you've been set free and made free because of the grace of God. We allow for you to experience it and, and, and discover things about your dreams and your gifts and your callings. And we don't pigeonhole you into, you know, 15 consecutive weeks to win a bike in Sunday school type of thing. Right. And I'm not saying if people do that, you know, they're bad, but <laughs> right, right. it's like um, 
we it's just a great place to be. But I'll say this, like I've said it over and over again, one of my very good buddies that I've, that I've ever worked with, um, they call him Big John, and he's big because he's about 6'10", 330, or 40. And I don't know how me with my 5'8", yeah. 5'9", self, right, became best friends with the 6'10", dude, but but we did. And uh, I, was just, I would just minister to him all the time. And uh, it's when we were very first planting, and I said, look, man, I'd love you to selfishly come to my church, but in the scheme of eternity, I just want you to go to church, church. somewhere. Yes. So, you know, although I always put a plug in for people yeah. to come here, honestly, I want people to go anywhere, anywhere. Uh, where they yeah. can experience God and grow. I mean, there's more than just foundation, man. There's plenty of denominations and plenty of different styles of worship. Like, if people are listening to this, man, get to the house of God Sunday. Get somewhere, yeah. you know? Plug in. Yep, find yeah. it. So, all right, well, we're going to close it out. Thanks again, Kyle. Thanks again, Pastor Scott, for uh, opening up the church and allowing us to do this. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you were inspired. I sure was. And um, we're going to be back at this next week. Yep. Um, episode five coming up. We've got, um, I think, about four or five guests yep. right yep. back to back um, over the next four or five weeks. So that's pretty exciting. So check us out on um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. And uh, we're out. Peace. Peace.